Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Okay, it is the Lombardi Line here on a Friday as we welcome you in, presented by BetMGM. This is VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. The big guy is back, Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles, and back just in time to talk oh, about yeah. a 12 7 win. You got back oh. just in time, bro. I mean, listen, I, I, if we're going to break down a game, it should be when the highlight was a six-yard touchdown drive off a muff punt, right? I, it was a very enjoyable game. I don't know why everybody on Twitter was complaining about it. I mean, it was really like we're watching two bad quarterbacks play, and, you know, what do you expect? I mean, you expect Dan Fouts and Joe Montana out there? I mean, we can't even complete a pass. It's funny. So I, so I have a friend in the league, uh, and I text him. I said, over under on completions for Justin Fields. I set the number at 14, right? And uh, I set the number at 13. And that last pass, they actually called the completion. It made the, it made the number cash at 14. But I never thought it was a catch. I mean, going into the game when you know the quarterback can't complete passes, like I, I read a couple things on Twitter where people thought he played well. Are, are, we, are we watching the same game, Patrick? Are we watching the same game? Like, we can't complete a pass. You're too young to remember Bobby Douglas. Bobby Douglas used to run around like crazy. Everybody said, it. you know, he, he rushed, I think, at like 170 carries one year, and 72 people thought it was obscure. I mean, I mean, Fields is a really good athlete, can run. But my Lord, are you kidding me? Let's save Justin Fields. You're exactly right, by the way. DraftKings had his completion prop set at 13 and a half. That last completion, 14 caches for the overs. We'll get to... Justin Fields, and by the way, a tremendous write-up, the Lombardi look-ahead that drops every Friday, exclusive for VEASAN Pro members. You can read about Justin Fields there. We'll discuss him in a second, but let's start with the winning team. So the yeah. winning team had 88 yards in the first half. The winning <laughs> team was 2 for 11 on third down. By the way, over the last two games, the winning team, the Commanders, the Commodores, uh, 3 for 22 on third down. Is that good? I mentioned a oh. highlight was a six-yard touchdown drive. They twice on defense had 12 men on the field. 
the quarterback threw for 99 yards. The team was penalized seven times. This is the commanders. They won the game. They closed a point, point and a half favorite. They won the game 12 to seven, but that's, that's the winning team. I just told you about, how about that? And, and, and they start the game like they start a lot of games with a bunch of punts. I mean, you know, they just start the game with punts. It's like really unbelievable how bad they are offensively. And I got to tell you, you know, we think they're good with skill players. Now, they can't protect worth a darn, and the quarterback can't make any really good throws. But I think at the end of the day, you know, they're disorganized. They can't function very well. They don't get into any kind of rhythm. The quarterback kind of lets them down, has a negative play. They can't convert third downs. I mean, they've had 11 drives with first downs in the past three opponents uh, uh, with their past uh, opponents' 30s. You know, they can't get anything going. They can't get anything going. They can't score points. They can't make a play. They can't make an explosive play, right? So here's the other thing they can't do. They can't make any explosive play in a drive. How do you score? They were missing Dotson. They were missing Thomas. So the security blanket is the tight end. But here's the issue as I watch this team. And Carson Wentz, as I mentioned, had 99 yards passing for the winning team. We'll, we'll talk about him. The I don't know about the protection scheme being set up, but it does appear that he has about 0.2 seconds to throw. And they're all coming A-gap. Like, is there nobody to protect? Like, he is constantly under duress. They can't run the football. It's just really ugly right now with the commanders. I mean, they're 32nd in the National Football League in, in drives that end in scores. You know, they, they are 25th in the league in how long they keep the football. They're 25th in the league in how many plays they actually run. I mean, this is really bad. They can't score. You know, they can't get first downs. You know, their yards per attempt is 29th in the league. They can't make an explosive play. So, like, it all comes back to have they – you know, I guess the fundamental question – to ask, and every and Ron Rivera got very indignant, but is is Taylor Heineke better than Carson Wentz? I think that's a fair question. They were better last year. Hey, I'm just going to interrupt you because it's not fair to say they didn't get first downs. The winning team did have 14 first downs in the whole game. They had the Bears had 20, the Commanders had 14. It was it really it was a joke. It was so it, it was fun to watch. It was really fun to watch because I think it's a commentary on where we've gone in the league. I think it's a commentary that experience still matters. I think it's a commentary that we're letting guys run offenses that maybe aren't used to running offenses, and the fact that there's really no attention to detail, there's no execution. I mean. Think about this. I was just at Denver Radio Altitude in Denver at 11 o'clock every Friday. And, and this game featured, this game had 26 completed passes in it. Tonight at Ocean City High School, there'll be more than 26 completed passes. Think about that, Patrick. There were 26 completed passes in this game last night. It ain't good. It ain't good. It's, now. But that's execution. I mean, that's not because... Both teams were facing the 64 Packers or the 02 Ravens or the you know or the O right. uh, the 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 O2 Bucks. I mean, like these these weren't elite defenses out. I mean, everybody throws the ball on Washington. I mean, Washington's pass defense is is 26th in the league in yards allowed. Yeah, their only strength is up front defensively. That that is sweat. literally their, their sweat only has strength. Really and sweat has dominated. played his ass off the last two games, yes. the last two weeks, because sweat had been disappointing, Michael, but he's really played well. No doubt. No doubt. And the Bears have no offensive line. You can say, well, you know, they got to get better players around fields. Okay. 
Like, how about some completed passes? Wouldn't it be nice if we have a wide-open tight end in the end zone? Do we need a better player in the end zone to catch that pass, or can we just put the ball on him? Okay, so you had a book deal yesterday. We missed you. There's plenty to discuss when it comes to Washington and off the field as well. I have to discuss it because when it comes to a gambling perspective and wagering, there's so much drama that is kind of this team is dealing with and has been dealing with, but Ron Rivera is continuing to bring drama upon himself. I'm sure you saw on Monday mm-hmm. where he oh, was yeah. asked, what's the issue with your football team and the three years you've been here with the commanders? And he smugly and indignantly and condescendingly said, quarterback, Michael, he picked Carson Wentz. And he, you want to know why? I, how I know he picked Carson Wentz? Go ahead and roll it, Stephen Bond. Honestly, I'm going, to, I'm going to speak my mind for a second. For Honestly, uh, it's been hard. It really has. You lose four games in a row, and everybody wants to get you, you know, just get on you. And they've played their asses off. They have. They play their asses off for everybody. They come out, and they show up. They work hard. All right? They don't complain. Okay? They hear all this stuff, and they got to deal with it. I get that, and I respect them for that, because they're resilient. They come back. Everybody keeps wanting to say, I didn't want anything to do with Carson. Well, I'm guy that pulled out the sheets of paper, that looked at the analytics, that watched the tape in the freaking, when we were at Indianapolis, okay? And that's what pisses me off, because the young man doesn't deserve to have that all the time. I'm sorry, I'm done. He, li- he literally, the young man he's discussing on Monday, he threw him under the whole, every bus that's ever been created, he said, here, throw Carson under it. That's what he did to him. And then he apologized, but Rivera's losing his freaking mind. So what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do as betting handicappers, as breaking down teams? What are we supposed to do? Tell everybody like they do on the broadcast that he's playing great. Tell everybody that he's wonderful. Tell everybody that it's tremendous, that he's been absolutely outstanding. Do you want us to keep doing Frank Pantangeli and lie, lie, lie? I mean, like at some point, what do we do? Like, I mean, what does he want us to do? The guy, his offense stinks. He didn't make any changes to his coaching staff. His offense stinks. You know, and, and if I was in the building, I would say, Ron, we're not any good. We can't make a play. Now, is it players, coaches, or scheme? So if you're telling me the scheme's great, the coaching's great, it's got to be the players. So you want, don't want me to pick on the players then? Like, at some point, like, where's the messaging come from? We're supposed to just sit there and say, oh, Ron, you're right. You played football. You played in the league. I get that. You have all the expertise. You played. We know nothing because we didn't play. You know it all, right? You know everything. That, and, but he's really playing well because you watched the tape in Indy. I defy you to watch the tape of the Colts last year and tell me Wentz played well. I would ask that question. Like, I would ask that. Tell me what game you watched against the, what he played for the Colts when he wasn't throwing left-handed that you thought was a good game. Like, at some point, stop insulting my intelligence. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, we're not allowed to be critical of Carson Wentz. I mean, when did he become a god? <laughs> so... We'll discuss fields, we'll discuss Chicago, we'll discuss the -the off-the-field drama with Daniel Snyder in a bit. But that does appear to me to be a coach that it's almost like, remember when Ken Dorsey was melting down? Maybe he was triggered by the football game, but that reaction was because of other things in life. Rivera's meltdown after the game, after a win, that's because a lot of things are going on, and we have to think about this as a betting network because Washington moving forward, (laughs) that's not a team to back. 
I, I've been saying it all year. I mean, the last two weeks before this game, everybody, Dallas, you got to bet Washington. I'm, I kept saying, why? Why? Like, tell me why I should bet Washington. Uh, the Sharps are on Washington. There's a lot of them. Tennessee, the Sharps are on ten. Why? I, I want to know. Like, tell me one thing they do well. They can't catch the ball. The quarterback makes horrible decisions. They can't protect. Stop me when I'm wrong, you know. They can't run the ball, right. They've had two games of running over 100 yards. They make no explosive plays. The defense can't cover anybody. I mean, the defense can't cover anybody. Last night they got a break because the Bears, you know, they, the Bears ran for 238 against them. Is that good? I mean, they don't turn the ball over either. They've, had, they've created three turnovers the entire season, and one of them was Jones dropping the ball at the six-yard line. Other than that. Why, are we, why would anybody bet them? I mean, last night was they should have beaten that team. If they were any good, they beat that team by two touchdowns. If they were well-coached, well-organized, as Al Davis would say, and fundamentally sound, they win that game. by. They should dominate that. That team is terrible in Chicago. Give Washington. Eberflus credit for being close. Yeah, because Chicago, you have them at the bottom of your rankings in the Lombardi look-ahead. By the way, Washington is hosting Green Bay at FedEx, that dump, uh, next Sunday. And it'll Green be Bay's all green, it'll be and, all half, green and gold like my pen. Fields, crosshairs, Lombardi line next. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, to answer the question Michael Lombardi just asked me, yes, the South Point 400 is this weekend, October 14th through the 16th at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. It's the South Point 4 double lot. Of course, the NASCAR playoffs are in full swing, and it's honestly a great track there. Our very own legend, Brent Musburger, is going to be the Grand Marshal of the race that he will also broadcast from the track on Sunday morning. Remember, Michael Lombardi, Lombardi line into Brent Musburger's countdown to kickoff. That's going to be live from the Las Vegas Motor Speedway coming up this Sunday. Before the action on the track, come down to the South Point Hotel and Casino. Uh, that was actually yesterday, so if you missed it. But the Budweiser, Budweiser Clydesdales and Mark Martin, his car is there at the South Point, which you can stop by and check out. For more information, go to southpointcasino.com uh, to check it out. Uh, if you want to go back in time, you can see Mark Martin and the Clydesdales yesterday. Okay, we welcome oh, you back here on the Lombardi. I would have line. liked to have seen the Clydesdales. They're beautiful. Have you ever seen them, Patrick? Well, you know I'm in, into horses. I have seen a Clydesdale, and it is, it's alarmingly amazing when you see them in person. It's like it really God is. is wild. Uh, okay, yeah. so the Lombardi look ahead. Again, I always plug it on Fridays. It's uh, something I look forward to. It is Michael breaking down power rankings, quarterbacks, bottom five, top five. By the way, there is a quarterback in Michael Lombardi's top five that is shocking. This is the only way I'll put it, and he is number three. Um, also, it, you talk about what happened on Thursday night. So let's delve into that. VEASAN pros, you get that article exclusively, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Okay. Justin Fields. This is not about just piling on and killing the kid, but he was 14 of 27 he plays small in the pocket. When he had that ball batted down, Michael, it's almost like he plays small in the pocket. That, um, that ball didn't get batted down, Patrick. He threw that ball he threw in that it into the back helmet. of a he, he threw it into he the threw back it of into a the helmet. helmet. That ball never got batted down. That ball got that ball was delivered low. I, I mean, look, I, I'm not picking on Justin Fields. This is about if we see it, we have to say it, right? I, I know there's he has supporters out there. I'm not sure if they're experts on evaluating quarterbacks. All I can say is the kid has a really hard time of processing. He has a hard time of saying, hey, okay, I got to throw the ball here to there. And his first reaction is, okay, not there, I'm taking off. Sometimes when he takes off, like at the end of the game, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good verdict. Sometimes when he takes off, you lose 17 yards. So it's give or take, right? And to me, he just, his throwing motion, his mechanics, his inability to get his feet set, all those things, when the game is speeding up, he just doesn't play. You say, well, he needs better players around him. Okay, you can go down that road for a couple more years, but when you get there and you're done that road, I'm, you're going you're gonna to say, Lombardi, you were right. You know, he, just, he just isn't going to be able to make enough plays in the passing game. So, and, I, and I worry about him getting hurt. I mean, he took a beating last night, self-inflicted beating now. Let's be clear. I mean, he took off and ran a lot of times. He slides, but he's going to get hit in that pocket. The offensive line readily admit it's not very good. They're trying to do everything in their power. People are already on Luke, Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator. You can get on Luke Getze all you want. You can bring Bill Walsh back. You can bring, I mean, it ain't going to work. You're just lucky that this Eberflus staff is working with them. You're lucky that they're doing that because Eberflus is in the worst possible place he can be as a head coach. And let me explain. Because... That the, he inherited Fields. He can't walk in there and say, "I can't win with this guy." He's 
So now he's got to try to massage it for two or three more years. And when he loses, it's not going to be Eberflus's fault. He's going to be year three, and he's going to end up like Matt Rule. No quarterback, you're out. We'll get somebody else in here. See, that's the problem. Let me quote you. Let me quote you. You said in the article today, the Chicago Bears are going to embark on a four-year journey where they pretend Justin Fields is the quarterback. That's what's going to happen. They're going to continue to convince themselves because they're going to get reporters that cover the team like this one reporter I read on Twitter that, you know, Justin brought him back in the game. Like, at some point, are you watching the same game I'm watching? Like, they can't even execute a simple bootleg. Can he throw a deep ball? Yeah, sometimes he can. Those are the best throws he can make. He did it against he did it against the Giants, those jump balls that he throws, because he can throw those because there doesn't require anything to happen. He just hits his fifth step and he throws it up there. But when you have to process and read, unless the receiver is wide open, like he's back at Ohio State, where he can see five, he's not throwing it. He doesn't trust his mechanics. He doesn't trust his arm. He doesn't trust his accuracy. And you can't blame him. It's not good enough. It was the debate coming out. His, his delivery is loose. His elbow's out. His mechanics are horrible. It's just not going to work. And, and I give the Chicago Bears credit. They're trying to make it work. They're, they run more than they throw. But how do you win a game when you average 10 completions a game? And you're throwing bubble screams, Patrick. On the season, he's, he's completing a, a little over 54% of his passes. This is a new age. You want to complete a little over 65% of your passes. He's not even close. Uh, I don't see a Josh Allen turnaround as far as the completion percentage. I guess time will tell. But let me back up because, you know, this regime in Chicago, Iberflus and the new general manager, they inherited a disaster. Like, the talent is the worst in the NFL. So, question for you. Can they get out from under fields if you believe he's not the future, seeing as though they didn't necessarily pick him, they inherited him? Right. Well, they're going to have somebody's going to have to walk into the McCaskey family and say, look, this ain't going to work. We're going to have to fix the quarterback. I don't care what we gave up to get him. It's their fault for allowing Ryan Pace after he gave them Mitchell Trubisky and made a ridiculously stupid trade. Okay. Don't forget that. And then he made another trade to get fields. You let him do that. Don't blame the next staff on Pace. On what This is the team Pace built. This mess that smells is still Pace's mess. They allowed him to do it, right? They had confidence in him and all those things, and they loved it. This is their mess. They allowed it to happen. Now, if I'm Eberflus, I'm walking in there and I'm saying, look, this ain't going to work now. We're going to change quarterback. We're going to have to do a lot of things. But if he wants to play nice in the sandbox, which most of these coaches will, three years from now, they're not going to play nice, the Bears. They're going to get rid of him for not winning. It's very important to point out what you just said. It's a distinction. Not only did Ryan Pace draft Mitch Trubisky, he gave up assets to draft him. I, you can't make that up. You can't make <laughs> you it can't, up. You, you but then he gave up like, assets. He gave up assets to draft Justin Fields. Like he was getting somebody. Like Justin grasping. Fields played at a high level of competition at Ohio State, right? So – why can't he come in and run and do – why are we sitting there saying, okay, he's just not ready, he needs more time? No, no. He's had 16 games. We know who he is. He's not accurate. He wants to run first. It's one look and go, and he'll throw a few – he'll make a couple plays, but in terms of consistently being able to move the ball down the field, it's just not going to happen. Can he get better? I don't see it. I don't see it getting better. Could he run Jalen Hurts' Oklahoma-Philadelphia offense? 
I don't see that either because I'm still not sold when it comes past that Hurts is going to be able to do it either. Well, the Chicago Bears, as far as the betting perspective, do have some time to rest. Their next game is on the 24th. That's a Monday at New England. You want to take a guess at the number. So that's next Monday. Oh, I'd say Chicago I think New, New England's England. a five-point favorite in that game. Six. DraftKings just went yeah. to six and a half. And I they mean, should. they're going to get – I mean, well, I mean, look, the, the, first of all, New England's going to keep them in the pocket. They're going to rush him and say, beat me. Beat me. Beat me from the pocket. Coordinate the rush. Washington didn't coordinate the rush. They had they had you can't run stunts and loops with him because it gives him a chance to escape. You got to take it down the middle. Keep him in front of you. Don't let him get out of the pocket. The only way he's going to beat you is with his feet. He's never going to beat you with his arm. They had 238 yards rushing. Against oh, Houston, they had 281 yards rushing. We're going to discuss the Bills and Chiefs. How can and Dan Fates is going to join us from Buffalo, but how can a product be that disparate? How can we watch the Commanders and Bears, and then this Sunday in the late window, we're going to watch Chiefs and Bills, and it's almost a different sport. I mean, it's different. Yeah, I mean, I I I don't know how we can continue to sit there and say, you know, the Bear, you know, Fields is going to get it fixed. It's you know, don't be mad at Fields. Like at some point, our job is to critique. We're in a betting network. Do you want to bet on Fields? I don't. I don't. You know, it's remarkable that line. It just shows you how inept Washington is for that line to be as close as it was. It should never be. It should never be. I mean, they beat the 49ers in the rainstorm. You know, they, they had 99 yards. They had, 100, they had 204 total yards. But the Niners turned the ball over two times. By the way, shout to Matt Eberflus. They were a dropped pass at the end of that football game. From being a 500 football team, three and three. That, exactly that right. I, and I agree How with that. that. I, agree. I have no idea. How is that even possible? And, and really, they're a catched punt. If Jones catches the punt, Washington's Correct. not – I mean, Washington needed the ball at the six to score. And, and, and Eberflus, again, if I were Eberflus and I was in his position, knowing what I know about my offense, I would take points every chance I get them. If he takes those two field goals, he wins 13-12. But did you really have to crush the uniforms and helmets in the Lombardi look at? You crushed it's disgusting. The I mean, when you have when you have a uniform as classic as the Bears uniform, you can't I mean, you can't that's an injustice. They look like they look like the the cone up at Coors Brothers on the boardwalk when you get the the, the vanilla and orange swirl. It looked terrible. You didn't like the you didn't like the orange dome pieces, the helmets? No. Horrible, Patrick. <laughs> Fair enough. Like Marquee them? matchup. Bills, Chiefs, Dan Fates next. Lombardi line. You're listening to the Lombardi line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Another week, another betting guide. This time, it's the association, the NBA, VSIN's NBA betting guide. Season prep for all 30 teams, playoff, title predictions from VSIN experts. Of course, JVT in the mix, best bets for MVP. Or even get to discuss Michael Lombardi's Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah. It'll be a long year. Five betting tips for beginning NBA bettors. Remember, only VSIN pros can get the NBA betting guide. So sign up now vcin.com slash subscribe. Okay, we got you back here. Lombardi line. It's vcin, the sports betting network. Fates is back. Of course, Dan Fates, sports anchor, 13 Wham. That's a great moniker in Rochester, New York. Also a tremendous podcast. 
the Buffalo Plus podcast. Stan does a great job. You should follow him on Twitter as well. He is going to head to Kansas City, Michael, because we have a matchup. Like, we watched last night the Commanders and the Bears. (laughs) Football is actually going down in the late window on Sunday. Buffalo at KC. Dan, first off, thank you and welcome. You've been to KC before, correct? You've been with Buffalo on the road to KC. Yeah, I was there last year during the regular season. And thanks again for having me on, guys. It is a deafening atmosphere, to say the least. And I know they say a lot of places are loud, and Orchard Park gets very loud as well. But it is different there. Um, we talked, I remember last year talking to Stefan Diggs about it, and he said that it's almost so loud you can't hear yourself think. So you just kind of get in this zone and you just don't think or think about anything. Uh, Deion Dawkins admitted that they make it tough on them, but this is what great teams, great atmospheres uh, do. So you hope that both teams will rise to the occasion because you know the Chiefs fans will too. Yeah, I mean, look, it is. I've been there. It's a hard place to play. But I will say this, Dan. There is nothing more rewarding than winning there and silencing the crowd. The sound of silence in Kansas City may be the greatest sound you could ever have. And I'm sure that's where the Bills are kind of have their mindset. Has anybody in your contact with this week, have they mentioned that this could tilt the advantage of home field one way or the other come playoff time? Well, Mike, it's funny you say that because last year that's all we talked about was this game is going to, could be that buy, it could be the home field advantage and the bills won it. And then remember they laid the egg in the Jacksonville game, which I'm still convinced. I still believe that the bills are somehow going to come back and beat Jacksonville in that nine, six loss. But This is where the team all week guys has downplayed this. Once again, we asked them, is this your biggest rival? Is this the biggest game of the season? All these implications. They say it's just another game. It's the most important game because it's the next game, but it is not. And us can say that we can be honest. They'll probably put a little bit of the, the language into it, but it's the fact of not only does the winner of this game get top seed in the AFC the winning quarterback, whoever wins this, will also become the MVP front runner. So there is so much more on the lines with where the home playoff game could be, where they let's 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 you know they're going to meet again in the playoffs probably. So where is it going to be? And obviously, just so much on the line. Okay, so Michael, you had this as a line of the week in the Lombardi look ahead. Let's tackle this number with Dan Fates here, of course, Spornsaker up there near Buffalo and Rochester, New York. Buffalo Plus is the podcast. The number's fascinating. I mean, this is Kansas City, a team on the verge of a dynasty, if you really want to break it down. And Buffalo opened one and a half, two and a half. They got bet up to three, the key number in NFL betting. Now it's bet back down to two and a half. But Dan, Buffalo is laying two and a a half at that environment at Kansas City. Yeah, scares me a little bit. Uh, It'll be the first time. Obviously, you guys probably talked about it. Patrick Mahomes being a home underdog. This game... um, I think earlier in the week, I leaned towards the Chiefs. And the more I've kind of looked into this and the way that this Bills defense has been able to play so far with the amount of injuries they have had, um, I think maybe forces one more punt. I remember before the AFC divisional game last year, I said, whichever team forces three punts is going to win the game. The Bills didn't force three punts. Actually, neither team did. They both forced two. So this is going to be one of those back and forth games. Guys, personally, I'm staying away from the line. I like the over more because I just think that giving Patrick Mahomes points at home is a little bit too scary for me. Yeah, that's what I wrote about today. That's the one. But then I go back and watch the tape and I watch – 
this chief defense on Monday night against the Raiders and very fortunate that the Raiders mm-hmm. kind of, you know, Darren Waller gets hurt, so they lose one of their main guys. They tried to play man-to-man against them. That didn't really work out, even when they double-covered Devontae Adams. Like, I don't know yeah. where this all leads us to. You know, I think Josh Allen is better than Derek Carr and won't make the mistakes Carr made in the game. And I just think, to me, that also Bill's in the red zone. I mean, look, the Raiders did a tremendous job on on Travis Kelsey. They didn't give it, let him go in the game. They showed everybody <laughs> how to defend the tight end, except when it got to the red zone, when they let him. <laughs> yeah. They missed a tackle. They dropped him on man coverage. So, to me, I, I, if that happens again, and I know McDermott and Leslie Frazier are really smart, I just have a hard time, as great as Mahomes is, I just think Buffalo's better, and I think the book is telling us Buffalo's better by the way they set this line. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Like, we all look at it going, wow, I can't believe Vegas is giving Patrick Mahomes points at home. That tells you what they think of Josh Allen and this Bills offense and how they view the Chiefs' defense because I think they're starting two rookie corners once again. Uh, The Raiders, like you said, were able to take those deep shots down the field. And the X factor being Gabriel Davis. I remember he didn't play the Monday night game in week two. He sprained his ankle on the Saturday before that game. Then he played through the injuries and I was there at practice and you know, they only allow the media to be there for about 15 minutes of individual work. And Gabe just didn't look right. I remember tweeting out. I, I don't think he should play. And a bunch of people were like, well, how can that be? He's playing. And Gabe Davis is tough. Sean McDermott said he gutted through that. But last week was the first week I said, you know, he looks he looks healthy again on that ankle. He's had ankle injuries in the past. Um, and I remember posting saying that I love Gabe Davis over 45 receiving yards last week. Uh, he cashed that for me on the third play of the game with a 98-yard touchdown. He looks healthy. I think he brings in that deep threat and can alleviate some, some of the attention towards Stephon Diggs because I still think that this – This Bills team has averaged 36 points. They scored 36 points in both games they played in Kansas City last year. Like, I I know they came late, but I just don't see the Chiefs being able to slow down Josh Allen in the big stage on the bright lights. And you mentioned the point scored. The total 53-and-a-half. Dan Fates covers the Bills. He's going to be with the Bills in Kansas City the game of the year. He likes the over that posted total. Let's discuss... For the novice, watching the Bills, they don't watch every game like you do meticulously. A point of contention, a weakness. As Stephen Baum points out, they're healthy, only Trey White out. What should we look for as far as a potential weakness right now with this Bills team? Well, yeah, they're they're healthy, obviously, without Trey White, who's returning to practice. Shout out Stephen Bond, always knows his Bills stuff, good friend of mine. <laughs> and the fact of the matter is, is that Micah Hyde is still out. He is out for this season. So there is a young, inexperienced safety in DeMar Hamlin, who is filling in from like a Hyde slot. And look, DeMar Hamlin played pretty well against Pittsburgh last week, and he played pretty well in Miami, but he did give up a big ball to Jalen Waddle. There will be opportunities for Patrick Mahomes to take chances against this bill secondary who will start a rookie in Kyer Elam, as well as Dane Jackson, who's like a third year guy. So My fear, guys, and why I like the over so much, and while this Bills defense has been so good despite all these injuries, is that Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier, over these last four games, has thrown everything, including the kitchen sink, at Mahomes and Andy Reid. The first game, they didn't blitz him at all in 2020, and Mahomes ran all over him. He used his legs to beat the Bills. Then they blitzed him, and Mahomes just torched him with his arm in the AFC Championship game. 
Then they didn't blitz him again in the regular season in week five last year, and it worked out, and the Bills won. Then they tried to play zone. They tried to play man. My fear is, is that no matter what the Bills show, Andy Reid is going to be prepared and go, okay, they do this, we're going to do that. You are not going to catch Patrick Mahomes off guard with everything the Bills in the past have thrown at them. That's why I like the over, because I think both teams score 30 in this one. I, I don't disagree, and I think both teams do a great job, as you just laid out, adjusting and, and playing the game within the game. And I'd be surprised if there's three punts in this game. I really would. I think it's going to be hard. And I and I think Josh Allen's going to lead the team in rushing. I think that's the – see, he becomes the sixth offensive weapon, as Mahomes does at times when he needs to. Now, Mahomes moves and throws, but I think that's the hard part. If you're Steve Spagnuolo and you, get, you engage yourself in a blitz zero game like he did against the Raiders, this guy's going to take off and run. You can't do that. So – I think it's going to be hard. I, I would bet the under on punts at three. Yeah, it, like you said, Josh Allen has led the Bills in rushing in four out of the five games this week. Sean McDermott admitted that he is not overly comfortable with his quarterback taking all these hits and running. And guess what? Ken Dorsey is not calling as many designed runs as Brian Dable has. But once the ball is snapped, guys, Sean McDermott and Ken Dorsey have no control over what Josh Allen does. And there are maybe one or two quarterbacks maybe better in the league than taking off and running. And Josh Allen is, is up there. Okay. Dan's got bills chiefs over 54. By the way, he said he thinks both teams score 30. It's pretty damn close. Team total set bills, 27 and a half. The chiefs team yep. total set at 26 and a half for Sunday, 13 wham Rochester Buffalo plus is the podcast. He's Dan fates on Twitter. Great job, Dan. We'll talk to you next Great time. Job, Thank, Dan. You. Thank you so much. Appreciate, Appreciate it as you. always guys. We didn't get a response from Michael Lombardi shenanigans, toxicity, in Washington with the owner. Will he be forced to sell? That's next. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, of course, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Refer a friend, get 50 bucks. So this is a great deal over at BetMGM. You go to BetMGM.com, you log in, and you go to the refer a friend. When you refer a friend and they place a bet, they get 50 bucks free, you get 50 bucks free, and everybody's happy. It's that simple. Download the app or BetMGM.com for more information. Refer a friend. Doesn't get any better than that. you got to be 21 years older. And 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Go to BetMGM.com, the king of sportsbooks, as we welcome you back. It is the Lombardi Line. We are pr- proudly presented by BetMGM. It's a VSIN, the sports betting network on a Friday. Michael Lombardi, we missed you yesterday, as I mentioned. And yesterday, and this is obviously the timing was purposeful and concerted on ESPN's part. So they had an exhaustive, I guess, a few months search with Wickersham. You know Wickersham. He wrote the Belichick oh, book. Well. and. Yeah. Uh, a, a whole crew of reporters that had been digging into the embattled commander's owner, and that is Dan Snyder, who was hanging out with your boy on the Malfi Coast on his yacht. Um, they found that Snyder, who is petty and is weird, that potentially hired private investigators to dig up dirt on other owners, executives, and even the commissioner. Uh, first off, let me just get your reaction to the report and the article. Well, I think to me... The article is that there's a reason the article came out when it did. I, I'm always suspicious of timing. Came out on a Thursday. They're playing Thursday night, right? You know, and there's there was a lot of sources in that article, not on the record, that that were leak sources. Now, obviously, ex Washington employees were in that article too. So for me, this is. I looked at this like, and I said it on the pod yesterday. I look at this as if. The opponent revealed the plan of the of what they were going to face. Okay, so like they let it out there. This is what we're up against, and so it discredits the plan in place. When when you can a surprise attack your opponent, it has more effectiveness. So what they did is eliminate the surprise attack by allowing this article to have as much detail in it. Because typically, typically, the the owners don't want this, especially from their partners. And ESPN is a partner for them. There's no denying it. ESPN's a partner. I mean, ABC used to get letters relentlessly from fans complaining about Howard Cosell, and they used to get complaints from teams complaining about Cosell, being too negative about their team. So, like, they didn't want that as a partnership. And one of the reasons the owners didn't want Cosell to do Monday Night Football was for this exact reason. So for this to get out and from one of their partners – to me, seems very suspicious and revealing of what they believe the plan is by Snyder. Again, as a betting network, we talk the drama, but we try to tie it to betting. We've discussed this all offseason. This has been looming over the Commanders franchise. And if you like fading Ron Rivera, I think this fits into the fact that Daniel Snyder is not going to make a decision right now to fire somebody like Ron Rivera when all of this drama is going on. He doesn't want to look like the bad guy 
He's going to stay out of that. I don't think he cares what he looks like. Obviously, he's never cared what he's looked like because he's never won since he's been there, right? So I don't think he really – he's narcissistic, so he doesn't care. It's always about him. But I would say this. I would say – I, I would say that to me, I would be the Washington football team is a continued bet against for me because I never see them get better. I never see them improve. They're, they're, they're as bad as they've been on offense all year. Defensively, they have gotten a little bit better with their front. Their coverages are terrible. When they play against a good team that can throw the ball, they won't stop anybody. So to me, they're still going to be in that box of no bet. They're a, they're a fade team right now, and so they've been one for the, me for four weeks, Patrick. But but remember, two weeks ago we were talking about all oh, the sharps are all over them. All the offshore books are betting in them. Dallas. I mean, and and look, I'm not denying that it wasn't true. I'm not denying that it wasn't true, and I'm not making fun of the word sharp. All I'm saying is, people expect them to turn it around. They look at their roster, they think they can, and I don't see how they can do it. I don't really understand how they do it. So the the NFL owners are meeting, I believe it's next Tuesday in New York. Um, by the way, part of the reason and the reason that it's being reported Daniel Snyder's trying to dig up dirt on everybody is obviously he's trying to protect himself from anybody kind of strong arming him out of the NFL. For the Commanders fans, and they're trying to get a stadium built, FedEx is a dump. Do you think there's a potential that he could be removed as the owner of the Washington Commanders, Daniel Snyder? I think it's going to be hard. You know, I think that's a hard thing to do uh, to get 24 owners to agree on it and then not to go to litigation. Because one thing we've known about Snyder since the day he entered the, the contest to get the Washington football team and he wrestled it away from the Cook family because Jack Kent Cook, who's really ultimately responsible for this mess, senior, you know, he instead of willing the team to his son, he put it up for auction. And this is how the league got Daniel Snyder. You know, and and that became a real problem. So for me, you know, it's going to be a challenge. I, I just ask you this. What's Snyder's endgame? Like, he's never going to get a stadium. He's never going to win back the fans. I heard somebody say today, well, they would like him to have his wife take over the team. You think anybody thinks that if his wife takes over, he's not going to be involved in the team? Like, nobody well, wants to go to Washington games. Like, what's, what is the end game for Dan Snyder? He's never going to get a stadium. He's never going to win his fan base over. You know, he's always going to be a maligned owner. I mean, like, at some point, you're, you're in checkmate. You use the perfect word, and that's narcissist, a megalomaniac as well. Daniel Snyder somebody that grew up obsessed with the Gibbs-era Redskins at the time was the name of the team. He grew up in the DMV, obsessed with this team. He had one goal in life, which was to own the team. He just happens to be an ass. I mean, he's a guy that with other adults, if you were to walk into the room and you were to address him as Dan, he would correct you and say, it's Mr. Snyder. He is just, he's on another level of narcissism, as you put it. Yeah, I mean, it is. And, 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 and so, so the question I just posed to you you have to be a narcissist because you never ask yourself that question I just asked. What is the end? Narcissism doesn't see an end game. They just think it'll eventually, it's, it's everybody else's fault but their own, and they'll fix it. Whereas I'm looking at it from a practical standpoint, like he has no end game. He has no end game. There's nowhere he can go. 
He has no allies. He's got to he's got to get the league office to cooperate with him to build a stadium. You know, his revenue streams the only way or not uh the only way that he he, he and he and the owners are going to keep fueling his tanks with money. But he also has to get local constituency whether it be Virginia where they turned him down. Maryland, as far as the land, they've all turned them down. Nobody wants to do business with the dude. And at the gate, that's my point. Nobody's, that's my point. N- n- he's not I mean, making the other game, owners any money because the gate is the next, worst in the league. That next game is going to be all Green Bay fans. Nobody wants to experience it there. They're, his radio contest, all the stuff that's with them. The only way they're going to get him out of the league is if they do a blockade, is if they're able to, where nobody wants to advertise with Washington. Nobody, you know, just basically take the franchise down. That's what they're going to have to do. The, the staged photo was, now we understand that was staged, where remember when Jerry Jones was on the star looking very yep. uncomfortable standing there with Dan Snyder and his wife? That was Snyder knowing this piece was coming out, trying to show solidarity. He has stuff on Jerry Jones. I'm assuming everybody on the planet knows that Jerry Jones has skeletons in his closet. So he's playing that little charade. But think about this. The Washington brass was happy that FedEx was nearly full and half the fans were Tennessee Titans fans, Tennessee Titans fans over Washington fans. Think about what I'm telling you. Well, I mean, this franchise really in all candidness, they, they put his picture up on television last night, George Preston Marshall. And this franchise has had two of the worst owners in the history of the league. And George Preston Marshall, who somehow is in the hall of fame, which I don't understand how he is based on what he did to the league and how he kept the league from allowing black players to participate from 1936 to 1946. He did not have a black player on his franchise team until the 60s, till Bobby Mitchell showed up. And this is much, much of a, of a racist he was, and yet they put him in the Hall of Fame. I don't know how that is. If I was the president, if I was the commissioner for a day, his butt be out in a minute. Like he has no business being in there, you know. So he, so they had him, Washington, and now they've got this guy. Now they have this guy. And all I've just said is all true about Marshall. Nobody will deny it. I mean, George Hallis wanted to sign the great Kenny Washington when he was playing in the Hall of Fame, when he was playing in the college all-star game in Chicago, and it got and he couldn't because he couldn't get he couldn't get Marshall, who controlled a lot of the votes. So, so like, basically, this franchise this franchise has been saddled with bad ownership, and fortunately, they had Cook. They, the only time they were good is when they had Jack Kent Cook. But Jack Kent Cook thought his son was a goofball, and he didn't want yeah. his son to have the team. And that was exactly. <laughs> and that's how it we got succession. Daniel Snyder. It was succession, like the TV show. It's what nobody can have it. The bottom line: fade to Commanders. Vinny's next. A very important line move in college football. We'll get to that. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. 
I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.